I want to talk today about pursue till you possess. Pursue until you possess. See, there's something in the human spirit that wants more. Watch, watch a child at a birthday party where they have their little friends there and they all brought a gift to open up. And after the last gift is opened, what does the child do? They look for another one. It wasn't just my children. That's just part of who we are. We want more. And what gets in the way of that, what gets in the way of more blessing, more of the mercies of God is just life. Life happens. It happened to a widow, and we read about her in 2 Kings chapter 4. And it tells us there that one day she went to Elisha. Her husband had been a member of a group of prophets that was with Elisha. And he says to him, my husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. And then Elisha says to her, what can I do to help you? See, this woman is facing disaster. She's lost her husband. The, the, you get the sense that these boys aren't that grown yet. And there's debts to pay. And if she's going to lose them, she loses her future. And so she comes to her, her husband's former boss looking for answers. And we've all been there. We've all had those situations where we can't see any option. There seems to be no way forward. And the only way forward is it's going to have to happen outside of my abilities. It's going to have to come from somewhere else. And it just reminds us, this story, is that that's life. Things come into your life that you can't control. People, finances, certain situations that just happened that you didn't plan for. <laughs> yeah, we had a, 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 a team here last week from, uh, they've been living in, in Ukraine. They were all students or professionals, and their whole life was turned upside down some months ago. People all across the city, including in this church, have come from that part of the world. It wasn't planned. And so when the boss says to her, how can I help you? you notice there's no response. In other words, she didn't have an answer. She had come to him looking for an answer. And we're living in a world that is looking for answers. Maybe you're here today and you've got a situation in your life where you really need an answer. Maybe you came looking for that today. And see... That's that moment where we don't know how to go forward. And it is really difficult to want more, to believe for more, to, to, to look for greater blessing and, and the favor of the Lord on your life when you're running from the problems that you have. It doesn't work that way. And it's a reminder that teaching title, Go Get Your Blessing, could sound selfish. 
like the whole purpose of being blessed is so I can be happy, my ham family can do well, that we can have good health, our bank account will grow, and we're safe, and all, and the list goes on and on. But that's not what we're talking about. And we see it here. We've talked about this boss, Elisha, before. He had a boss named Elijah. I'd have gotten him mixed up. But in the end, when Elijah was moving off the scene, this man asked for a double blessing of the prophet's abilities that came from heaven. And he pressed and possessed them. He pushed forward and did what it take, took to take those on. So now here he is with someone coming to him and says, I, I have no answer. And it's a reminder that is the purpose of a blessed life. You may be someone else's answer, but we can't be the answer for someone else if our whole life is overwhelmed with something that we're unable to, to be that answer. Now, one of the beautiful things about walking with God is he'll empower you through the challenges to still be an answer. But that's it. And we don't know if this woman was praying. We, we don't know if she'd been talking to God and asking for help. But what we do know is she's desperate. And then what Elisha says to her next is a real, a real uh, opening to understand what life and faith are about. We can learn from this, something we can take and apply in life. So she didn't have an answer, so he gives her one. And here's what it says. He says, tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your servant, talking about herself, I have nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Now, that oil was probably olive oil. It was in that time and in that culture like gold. You used it to cook your food. You used it to heat your home, to light your lamps. They even used it for medicine. So it had value. And so he says to her, go outside, borrow vessels or jars from all your neighbors, empty ones, and not too few. So go get a lot of them, he's saying. Then go in, shut the door behind yourself and your sons, and pour that oil into all these vessels, and when one is full, set it aside. Now notice... The first thing he says to her, she's coming to him for something, but the first thing that he says to her is, what do you have? And that's a powerful truth that often the answer to what you're looking for to fix a situation, to bring about an opening that you can't see or whatever it might be, comes not from someone else, but from within yourself, for what you're willing to believe for, what you're willing to keep asking and pressing for until an outcome takes place, 
where something breaks loose, where a different person is in that office than the one you've been dealing with that you've gone nowhere with, where you're seeing the right door all of a sudden begin to open through a conversation or uh, something changes in this situation, or whether you wake up, this has happened to me, in the middle of the night, and there's an answer to something you've been praying about. You see, the purpose of prayer is not so God knows what you need. He already knows all that. The purpose of prayer is to begin to create in your life, if you will, jars, vessels that can be filled. Well, think of it that way. And, and when we begin to see something happen, because we've been talking to God about it, we begin to understand the connection is not just an accident. God's doing something here. I didn't just wake up with this idea because I was having a bad dream or ate too much pizza before bed. God was speaking. And the more you practice this, the more you begin to realize the power of pressing forward, asking and pushing. And some of you might say, yeah, but Steve, I don't have that kind of relationship with God. I'm not even sure if I believe in him. And that would be a very common response here in this city. And if that's you, can I just challenge you? Don't wait until you get that all sorted. Here's a good way to start a prayer. If you're in an impossible situation, as desperate as she was, I mean, what did he tell her to do? That made no sense. There's one jar. You're saying go get a lot of jars and that somehow that one jar of oil is going to become a lot of jars? Come on! What's your next idea, Elisha? Is that just me? He's asking her to do something crazy. But you see, when you don't even have a lot of faith, start out by praying, God, I don't know if you're there, but if you are, speak to me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray to you and ask you, I need your help. It doesn't have to get fancy, but you would be amazed. God wants to hear from us. What has to change is not whether he'll listen, he will. What has to change is we've got to get something in our spirit that says, I'm not letting go. And you see what's actually really happening in this moment, and like for this woman, she's in a moment of testing. When he told her to do that, and didn't have a plan B, she could choose to say, well, that's silly. I, I thought he could help me, but he's just talking crazy, going out and getting all these jars. That's the moment of testing for us too. Will I believe when I can't see it or feel it that God does see, that he is caring, that he will make a way forward? Because you see, the only limitation in what God will do is, is not that he doesn't have the power to do it or that he's not willing. He's all-powerful. He's always willing. In fact, the Scripture is full of invitations to call God our Heavenly Father. No father and mother will withhold anything good from their children if they have it in their possession to bless them. That's our Heavenly Father.
So our only limitation is our determination to keep pressing and pursuing what we're after until we possess it. I'll give you a practical story. 20, almost 20 years ago, when we came to Berlin to build church, we began to look. Our children were young then, and uh, we needed a school. And English-speaking or bilingual schools were much less common 20 years ago. And so we did some checking when we knew we were going to come over here. We'd been here and felt God wanted us to move here. And we began to check. And the only schools that I could find that they could step into that were English-speaking were uh, 15,000 per student. And they lived at home. So that was 30,000 euro. And uh, that was not in our budget to come here. And so we had no option. And this went on for a couple of months. We kept looking. And the organization working with our church that we came from said, well, we have a boarding school. It's nine hours away. There's your answer to prayer. We'll send your children there. But the thing is, we already knew from praying together and talking as a family that my 12-year-old and 16-year-old children, my son and daughter, wanted to be in Berlin. They felt called along with mom and dad to come here, which, by the way, is why you still see our family here almost 20 years on serving together. That's a long story, but it started in this moment. But it couldn't happen. So we had decided we're not sending our children nine hours away. We either all come or we wait. We believe God would have us wait until they're finished school if it's only Karen and I that can come. Are you with me? It was impossible. But while we're praying, we're writing letters. We're talking to people. And I did something crazy. I wrote on a website in an email. It was like a huge federal uh, department in the government. I mean, it was massive. It'd be like writing a personal letter to the Auslander Behörde, okay? Your chances of hearing from them are less than zero. So I sent it off. Do you know any English-speaking schools in Berlin? The next morning, I got a phone call in my office, and it was a man from that federal agency. He said, I saw your email, and I had included my phone number, and you know what? 30 years ago, I was in university with my best friend, we got our PhDs together. He's now the headmaster of an English-speaking school in Berlin. And it's a German public school. It's free. Now, there were four more months of process. They had to have really good grades. One didn't get accepted at first. It looked like only one was going to get in. But we kept pressing and pushing. We didn't stop praying, but we didn't just sit in the prayer room. We went out and kept pursuing it until we possessed it. And it opened the door for us to be here right now. You see, our, our greatest obstacle is our inability to look beyond ourselves, our own resources. And that's why Elisha said, go outside. You need other people to achieve 
what God wants to do in your life. And it's no different for you and I. God uses people, especially here in the church. We are answers to one another. Some of you have experiences and giftings and and. Uh, and, and th things that you've gone through that are exactly what someone else needs to hear or, or, or a door can open through something that you know. Never underestimate what God is going to do through everything that's happened in your life, including the stuff you really would rather have never happened, the challenges. You don't know how many people we've helped with finding a school here from our own experience and how hard it was. See, God uses others. So what did this woman do? Did she listen? Let's read the rest of the story and close this. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her son. So they went and got the jars. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. And when they were full, she said to her son, like, like at the birthday party, bring me one more gift. Bring me one more vessel. And he said to her, there isn't another. Then the oil stopped flowing. And she came and told the man of God, and he said, now go sell the oil, pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on the rest. This is God's word. What happens, we'd all agree here, that's a miracle. There was only one jar. Now there's a lot of jars of oil and a lot of money sitting in her house that she didn't have. But I want you to notice something. The size of her miracle, it was in her hands. You see that? It's the same for you. The containers of prayer, pushing forward, faith that you're building, the people that you get to join you in pursuing something, that rebellious teenager, you see no way forward, that marriage that seems to be crumbling and, and you don't know where to turn and, and, you're, and you're creating empty vessels of, God, I need you. I can't do this myself. And all of the sudden, God will start to do something because the flow didn't stop until they stopped. And what that, I, I, get, I get excited about that. That means there is no limit. That means that it's possible for the blessing to keep flowing and keep flowing. And, and the only thing that held them back was the number of jars they collected. Now you wonder, maybe they didn't really know for sure. This is so unusual. We'll just do our one street with our neighbors we know. But we're really not sure. Maybe they didn't expect the flow to keep going. Or, or maybe they, they just didn't believe it would happen at all. And then we got to carry all those empty jars back to the neighbors and explain to them. I mean, somebody had to have asked, what do you need this for? Well, God's going to go and fill it up with expensive olive oil. Right, here, you can have two. <laughs> yeah, right. Did you hear this? Come on, this is real. So here's, here's what we can take from that. We underestimate the size of the answer, of this blessing that God wants to do. We really don't trust him with this. Even though he says he's our heavenly father, even though he promises every good and perfect gift comes down from the father of lights. And there is no good thing, Scripture says, he will withhold from those who love him. We just 
find it hard to believe, just like they must have. You see, the limitation is our faith, our capacity to believe and then to go after it. And that's what takes faith, to go after it when you can't see it. You see, the way to a breakthrough to the next level isn't to ask God to bless you more. It's to ask him, Father, enlarge my capacity to receive the blessings you've already promised belong to me. Amen. So write that down. Your next blessing has no limit in your finances, in your relationships, in your prayer life. The question isn't, will God bless you, but how much can he entrust to you to steward or to care for well? He wants us to manage well the blessings. They're never just for us. We're blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to be an answer, to bring stability, to encourage others. You will never feel like encouraging someone if you are constantly discouraged, if you're constantly struggling with, with not feeling loved and valued. This is a house where we are going to declare that your Father in heaven loves you and values you. It doesn't matter what you did this past week, whether you failed him or not. He is a Father of love unconditionally through the blood of Jesus that was shed for all of us on the cross. We have his unconditional love. But I'd like to think if those boys had been instructed by mom to go out, don't just do our street. In fact, do every street in the city. I want hundreds of jars. We're going to have to put them out in the backyard. I want to have them all over the place. The prophet didn't tell her how many she could have. He just said, don't get too few. Why don't you stand to your feet with me? Stand to your feet. You say, yeah, but I thought the story turned out good. They had enough to pay their debts. The boys wouldn't get sold into slavery. Yeah, that's true. But don't miss this. The reason blessing needs to be larger. Imagine if they had had hundreds of jars or had a team set up where they didn't, the, the flow never stopped. They not only could have cared for themselves, they could have transformed their entire community. There would have been enough money there to pay off the debts of all the poor in town, to create the new school, to finish the work on the church building down the street, to touch the nations of the earth. And friends, that's the reason to go get your blessing. God wants to fill us so full with the jars of faith that we put out there in prayer and believe for and press in and get focused on that we have an overflow in our lives to touch our neighbors, to touch our friends, to make a difference. And this isn't just for adults. This overflow is for children in this room too. Students and small children, you can pour that. They're an empty vessel. You can pour the Holy Spirit's favor into their life and it's going to touch them. And I love seeing nine-year-olds praying for their friends. I've gone into situations where little children, eight and nine years old, are laying hands on their schoolmate who's sick and healings take place. Come on. I'm telling you, that's 
the purpose of going and getting your blessing and pursuing it until we possess it in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord an applause of praise. He's so good. He's so good. So let me just speak this blessing over you. Father, I ask right now, I can sense your presence. I can hear your voice that you have done what I ask you all week to do, and that is for me to disappear and for you to be seen and heard. And you've done that, Father, and I thank you. And so I want to speak to each person here through prayer just to bless them, Lord. Open their mind and their hearts to you at a new level. Stir them up. May they get hungry to read the, the promises of God that are in the Scripture and, and to create empty vessels of faith to believe that, whether they need that blessing in the moment or not, so that when the time comes, it's there to be filled by you. And I thank you, Lord, how this is going to transform our thinking and make a difference, even this week, in how we walk with you. And we thank you for that together, in Jesus' name.